Ben, hope springs eternal. What a difference a couple weeks makes. To the truth, as uh, the sixth god once proclaimed. Um, but yes, man, last we, uh, last we talked to these poor folks, Anthony, it was, uh, it was Thanksgiving. Me and you had decided to go crazy with bets will be bets, and we bet on Dallas to win the first quarter, Dallas to win the game, Dallas to win. Uh, pretty much that did not go well. Um, so do we want to just kind of update our update the boys will be boys uh, faithful um, on, yeah. on what's happened since we last spoke and, and where we are today? Obviously, uh, if you if you have forgotten who this is, my name's Andy Gatelli. My my friend Benjamin T. Walker is here. This is Boys Will Be Boys, your favorite Cowboys podcast. Um, so yeah, let's we can we can run a little update here. So uh, la- when last we spoke, we were coming off of the uh, the win against the Vikings and like our first uh, win in six weeks or some shit. We were we were somehow tricked by that into having <laughs> hope for this team. Um, what followed was not fun, um, but don't worry. We learned no lessons. Our fans have learned no lessons from what is about to occur here. So uh, played Washington, uh, got beat 41 to 16, an absolute massacre, whole team's trash. Uh, the next week, uh, go up to Baltimore to play. Kind of the only bright spot here was that we were going to get to see Des Bryant play. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Des got tapped with the COVID protocol in what I would call kind of. What I would say, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out. Uh, Jerry Jones uh, uh, conspiracy theory here. Uh, he had something to do with that test. That's just what yeah, I'm he didn't say. Want, he didn't want Des catching TDs against uh, his old team. Cause not in the yeah, lost year, was, not in the lost year. It was bullshit. Now. It was bullshit. So, but uh, the result was pretty much unchanged. 34-17, uh, a real beatdown again. Um, Baltimore looked about as lethargic as they could, coming with like half their team on COVID, and they still kind of played like shit and beat us by two touchdowns that game. So, And so after watching those two games, you'd think, well, there's really no way that this team could decide, its fans could decide it's good now. At but that point, we were holding on to the fourth pick the draft yeah and this was actually a really crucial moment um the next game is against the Bengals, uh who held the third pick and the Bengals are also massively in need of an offensive lineman um and so I, as i have said many times on this podcast i am a big proponent of us getting uh, our hands on mr Penai sewell a uh offensive lineman of prodigious reputation uh, out of the University of Oregon, and a loss to the Bengals would effectively secure us that number three spot uh, ahead of the Bengals and pretty much put us in good striking position to take the first non-quarterback in the draft. So I was low-key kind of hoping we would lose this game. Um, but as the Cowboys are wont to do, they went out there. The Bengals looked absolutely horrible, and the Bengals, Cowboys won 30-7. Um... Bengals fumbled, I think, on their first three drives. Dallas had more turnovers in that game than they had like the previous five weeks combined or something stupid. Dude, it was so. a really ugly game. Uh, Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley split time at QB. Um, <laughs> they had three fumbles. All of them lost. Uh, hey, dude, it, it was the Dalton homecoming show, okay? They it were was emotional. the Dalton homecoming show. Um, but the, the Cowboys... Uh, pretty much went out there and and destroyed everyone. 
Um, I mean, Tyron Crawford had two sacks in this game. That's the kind of game it was. So I think you can tell kind of who we're, we're dealing with here. Um, so at that point, it's kind of like we're stuck in no man's land. Like we're not good enough to go and do anything, but we're not bad enough to secure kind of the elite pick we need. Um, but the Cowboys would then match that the next week by going and putting up 41 points against the 49ers. Also another team just ravaged uh, yeah, by injury. I think they are the most ravaged i think they had the most players hit ir this year or at least the biggest percentage of the, i read heading into that game i think it was like 33 percent of our cap had spent time on ir and 37 percent of theirs or something so it was it was pretty ugly yeah um this game was was a big deal though because one uh Andy dalton had a really good game um you know 209 two touchdowns no turnovers um so that's great for him um, and this was also kind of the ultimate Tony Pollard truther game. Uh, Zeke Elliott, who's had a recurring calf injury this year, um, which is not uh, allowed to be used as an excuse for anything, even though he's running behind four bag boys from Kmart with an injured calf. He needs to be putting up all pro numbers. Um, so Tony Pollard got to tote the rock all day today, this game, and he did put up 69 yards on uh, 12 carries and added another 63 yards on six catches. Um, so 100, almost 130 yards, uh, or more than 130 yards all-purpose, and had two touchdowns, including a really sick 42-yard, 40-yard uh, touchdown on the ground where he like broke a bunch of tackles and did a six-spin move. Um, and this was kind of the peak of, like, we should cut Zeke right now. Like Pollard should immediately replace Zeke. RB one. Oh, I've been like, saying well, it. I've been saying it forever. Pollard's more explosive. He's better than Zeke. Zeke's out of shape. Look what Pollard did with this O line. Yeah. So it was, peak, it was peak Pollard mania here, bro. And and suddenly this window appeared at this going into this game. The Cowboys had like a one percent chance of making the playoffs, and st- all these dominoes started to fall during this game where suddenly there was like this path of like five things that needed to happen for the Cowboys to actually win the NFC East and, and make a, make a playoff spot. Pretty much the entire NFC East fell apart. Yeah. They, everyone started losing, um, more so than they already had uh, Carson Wentz and put in, uh, Jalen hurts. And so that was kind of causing chaos. The giants had really fallen apart. Uh, Washington at the time was dealing with, probably the worst quarterback situation I've seen even for them in a long time. Um, you got Alex Smith who pretty much almost got his leg amputated. Uh, well, plus like, this is like, right. We're like, Seahawks or no, the Redskins beat the against really good opponents and so we're like wow we're fucked and then like you said they started losing to random teams that were bad yeah. i mean um the, the washington so, had it in the bag pretty much a week ago two yeah weeks ago. they were like a 78 percent chance to make the play to win the division and then now it's slowly come down um and so going into this game this last week's game which is cowboys versus eagles um it became this thing where if the cowboys won this game and beat the Giants this coming Sunday, uh, and Washington lost those two games, the Cowboys would, in fact, win 
the NFC East, which is insane <sighs> to win the NFC East with a record oh, of 7-9. The shirt, the shirt lives on. The shirt oh, lives oh. on. Um, and so that's that was kind of the context of this game uh, that occurred on Sunday. Uh, it was a home game. Cowboys playing the Eagles. Um, Zeke was questionable coming into the game. They didn't know if he was going to start. And, of course, the Pollard bandwagon was stoked that Zeke might not play because it means more touches for, for Pollard. Um, although injured and our offensive line featuring zero starters, uh, Zeke did play. And Keith, uh, Williams left the game for uh, a series. Yep. And I, I uh, if I do say so myself, Ben, uh, Zeke Elliott had a hell of a game. Hell of a game. It's probably his best game of the year. Um, he had, what, 130 total yards uh, and, like, 20 touches. Um, yep. He was pretty damn good. He busted a pretty long one to help ice the game at the very end. He was running pretty hard. You know, I think I, – I don't know. There's the people who think that Pollard lit a fire under his ass, which we have no way of knowing. But I will say, between the two of them, the, the the pendulum shifted back over, right? Of uh, maybe Zeke's the yeah. elite back. Because because Tony, uh, normally what we've seen in the past is like Zeke gets thirty touches and Pollard gets four. And this yeah. game, Zeke got nineteen carries and Pollard got nine. Which nine carries is still a pretty decent day, especially for you know, a rotational back. I actually like that split too. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the that's an ideal split in my opinion. Is like two to three two. Uh, thirds to Zeke, a third to Pollard. And it lets each guy be put in the situations they're strongest at. Zeke is your power back. He pounds the rock. He can find the occasional seam and take it longer, which he did. He had a bunch of plays this game where he was taking the ball 8, 9, 10, 12 yards. He busted that 31-yard run at the end of the game, which was super crucial. I think it was the longest um, run of the year. And it lets you it lets Tony Pollard be more in situations where he's getting the ball in space, he's getting the ball on the outside, we're running stretches where he can kind of use his uh, immediate acceleration and, and good top-end speed. Um, but all that said, Tony Pollard didn't do a lot with those nine carries. He got 13 yards on the ground. He got one catch for eight yards. Um, he had the same receiving day that Blake Bell did, and he had twice as many targets. So... And I'll say this, Blake Bell's catch was nothing to sneeze at. Homeboy went up there and rocked the one-hander and got a pretty nasty first down. So You know, we're seeing a little bit more of him uh, snap count-wise. I don't hate it. He's a uh, – I mean, he's he's not I've anything been like waiting a, for he's not the on play. – He's not on the Schultz-Jarwin level where I'm like, hey, I think this guy could be, you know, a, a good starter in the league. But, like, for a, for a number three tight end – Blake Bell brings you a lot as far as blocking goes, as far as like the occasional kind of, oh, wow, that was more athletic than I thought kind of play. I'm waiting because I know Kellen Moore had wet dreams about some sort of red zone package with the Bell Dozer. I know for a fact that he's got something crazy drawn up. For For the most part, Kellen Moore called a great game this game. I mean, the Cowboys put up 151 putting yards up on the a ground, lot of points all of a sudden. 377 through the air. Dalton threw three touchdowns. Um, I mean, you had two receivers go for 121 yards. Gallup had a baller ass hey. day. It was pretty much the first half. Uh, Cooper had a his. I mean, a classic Amari Cooper, just like kind of sneakily has a a, a Pro Bowl day. 
Um, CD Lamb doesn't blow up the stat sheet, but had two really awesome touchdowns. One very long, uh, 52 yard, where he just like came free off a screen and took it the distance, and then a sweep play, which the fact that one of Kellen's sweeps works means that I expect to see about 10 sweeps against the Giants involving CD Lamb. But all of that said, and that is, I, I'm, I'm trying to give uh, Kellen a lot of credit on this. His red zone play calling is a fucking enigma to me, man. Like the, the one I'm thinking of is we get down, we're on, we go first and goal from the four. We hand it to Zeke. He gets us to the two or no, the one. He gets like four yards on the first play. Then we run a pass play and then they run this like gimmicky quick pass where it ends up with Dalton naked bootlegging out trying to get to the corner and he gets stopped and that we kick a field goal from the one. We kick two field goals from the one yard line. That was pretty um that was pretty I don't know the word I'm looking for. That was frustrating because that's sort of been the problem with this team. I saw in the last like two years, I think we're fourth in field goals. Like basically field goals from inside the five. The Raiders are one. So good job there, Gruden. But I think, but I think we should talk about the uh, what are the we goat, goat of the game. Okay. And I think you know where this is going, Ben. The scapegoat or the goat goat? The good goat. This is the goat goat of the game. This is the man that had a sack and a half, two and a half tackles for loss, and three yeah. forced fumbles this game. The fucking game wrecker himself. The feel-good story of the year. Randius Maximus. Randy Gregory, and I know you don't like the guy, but for two hundred fifty grand, you get a couple of these a year. That's pretty good. I like this. I, more of this, please. Hey, he had a hell of a game. He's done much more than I thought. My, my, my uh, disdain for Randy Gregory is is subdued by the fact that he's actually played pretty well this year and been pretty, pretty quiet. And we don't really pay him anything so you know what uh is he's the inverse he's the inverse zeke right where it's like he he produces not insane numbers but he gives you what a little bit better than crawford at five percent of the cost so you're just like sure you know like every randy gregory sack costs you like 50 grand like people like tank is far superior of a player and tank Mm -hmm. does so Mm -hmm. much for this team and Tank gets shit on by this fan base every game he doesn't have a sack when yeah, he's I mean, clearly good. Because about the, the thing I hate about this, yeah, I think what I'm getting to, the thing I hate about this fan base, and if you're just listening to this pod, you probably think me and Andy have this big beef with Pollard. We really don't. And even the Zeke Dude, thing, I'm like, a, I love Pollard. I, when we drafted <laughs> Pollard, I was stoked. I was like, this kid's going to be a really good weapon. Like, The problem, yeah, is that this fan base loves players who – exceed contract by the slimmest of margin and god forbid anyone on this fucking team gets paid because they're instantly public enemy number one happened with dead it's gonna happen with dak happen with romo happen with tank like everyone outside of our offensive lineman that has been paid by steven jones has been every week if they don't play to a I mean, and I understand because your cap you can only pay so many guys. You need the right. guys that you pay to play well. I understand that. It's just we we change the bar, right? It's like we if move a guy is underpaid, 
productive <laughs> and white. Oh, my oh. God, dude. Dallas fans will literally build altars to this man. Like, Well, that's why dude, Jalen Smith is so hated now. If we didn't pay Jalen yeah. Smith, people wouldn't give a fuck about Jalen being a below backer. You know, he's I mean, pretty bad. There was, an, there was yeah, a play on Sunday. I was watching the highlights bad. again where uh, Jalen Hurts is like clearly going to run and Jalen just takes like the worst possible angle and gets his ankles broken and Jalen Hurts gets like 15 yards. I'm just like, damn, Jalen. Like, but to your point, really... no one's really brought up just kind of how bad LVE's been kind of equally bad this year. So yeah. it's, it's because LVE, I know he's a first rounder, but we haven't paid him. So that's kind of the Zeke thing. He got paid. A lot of people didn't want us to pay running back. So it couldn't turn to, well, he's overpaid. It had to be, I have to be right about this argument. So every time yeah. Zeke goes out, and Zeke's had a bad year. I'm not even saying that. Me and Andy even had a pod where we discussed, like, if they moved on from him this offseason, I won't even be super pissed. I'm I just mean, saying there is context for him having a down year, and there's a difference between saying, hey, the Cowboys overvalued this position and maybe even this particular player, then he fucking sucks, dude. Pollard well, like, take dude, all the- the okay, and there's there has to be a difference between Zeke is playing poorly and Pollard. People have <laughs> moved their energy from Zeke being bad to Pollard being good, and so like the idea that Tony Pollard, I I saw a comment the other day, like on the first of all, someone posted a GIF of Pollard's touchdown run, which was nasty. I it was sick. Say. Zeke has not done that this year. Agreed. Super sick. The title of the post was running back one, RB1. And the top comment, most upvoted comment was he would be uh, the starting running back on any other team in the league. What? Like, no, he wouldn't. Well, I hear the same thing. Like, people I trust would be like, dude, any other team right now would be giving Pollard the majority of touches and Zeke is the spell back. And I'm like, what? Like you, do you believe that you believe the, the Cowboys? I'm not saying aren't incompetent. They have shown that time and time again, but I still don't believe that any team right and now would like, be like, dude, uh, we're going to ride. It's going to end up with a thousand yards and five touchdowns for the year. Yeah. Like that's not, it's a lot that's of volume nothing to write home about. That's nothing to write home about, about the most ineffective, terrible right. running back in the history of time. Certainly not worth the contract. And I agree with everyone on that, but, and I mean, we've talked about this privately that like, People that are convinced that Tony Pollard is not just better than Zeke, but like transcendentally the best player to ever touch the football field. <laughs> you have to be convinced that every player or every coach that's ever coached Tony Pollard just never thought of giving Tony Pollard the starting role. Like every team Tony Pollard's ever been on, he's been the other guy at, at Memphis. He's Darnell the Felix Henderson, Jones, about, man. Yeah. And that's not a bad that's thing. That's what I like, keep saying. They drafted to him to be this guy, the guy that gets five touches, and every once in a while, one of those five touches is an eighty-yard rip to the house. That's what he's there for. Like, but to see that small sample size and be like, he should be getting every touch without acknowledging the fact that by giving him more volume, you diminish, you actually diminish his ability to give you, you what you want. We did the same yeah. shit with Felix Jones. 
And unfortunately, we took Felix in the first round. But I was one of those guys 10 years ago that's like, dude, we need to start Felix. Remember, he had a great uh, – he had like 140 rushing yards in a playoff yeah. game, the most ever by a Cowboy rookie, which random stat. But I was like, oh, sick, man. Felix is going to be the guy. We need to make him the guy. Fuck Marion Barber. We need to make yeah. Felix the guy. And then when they started giving Felix Jones like more than 12 to 15 touches, he wasn't very good. And I'm not, I, times. Joseph Randall was the same. Joseph Randall was the yeah. exact same guy. He was behind DeMarco Murray. All that. Oh, DeMarco leaves a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Randall can, he's so explosive. Like he's going to blah, blah, blah. And obviously there was other forces at play with Joseph Randall, who unfortunately I think had pretty significant mental illness, maybe CTE. And he's had a whole host of off the field issues, what but was this thing in like, wasn't he in like Kansas at like some hotel casino hotel and pulled out a Dude, gun first, on his baby mama or some shit. First he got arrested for stealing underwear and cologne from Nordstrom well, in Dallas. He shit himself. Kind of just funny. Yeah. And then he was playing a pickup football game with some kids and got in a fight and tried to run one over with his car. Then the baby mama gun incident. Then in jail, he assaulted a PO twice. Oh, yeah, he's got some. So, issues. yeah, I mean, but beyond all those things, that has nothing to do with the fact that <laughs> Joseph Randall was a really good change of pace back. He was an yeah. excellent this thing that we've we're talking about a scat back. And then once he became the guy, it turns out that like. Yeah, like if you are the home run hitter, and then they're like, okay, cool. Uh, he's really good at hitting home runs. He's a great DH, so we should have him bat every single time. That's not a good strategy at all. Like you need guys to get on base. You need guys to put up runs. You need guys to hit RBIs. You need guys to get walks. Like there are roles to be played. Football is more yeah. and complicated look, than just – I get it. He's People have been frustrated watching Zeke, and Pollard gives them a little something different. And I can even buy the argument with a beat-up O-line you might even want the guy that since you're not able to sustain drives very well because you can't get five, six yards a pop, you're getting three, two, four yeah. yards per carry. You maybe do want the guy that can hit the occasional, make a guy miss and get 20 extra yards, 30. For yards. sure. But, you know, I mean, it's it's like watching Derrick Henry. Wasn't it like 60-something, 70% of his yards came in the second half of games when the Titans get up and they just start running downhill at people? Most like, definitely. Zeke's kind of that guy. Like, if the Cowboys haven't led a lot this year, and when they are leading in the second half, I still would rather be pouring Zeke down people's throats than Pollard. The problem is yeah, we I mean, just aren't leading a lot. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with – giving the guy, the home run hitter, a chance to hit a home run, especially when your team hasn't. So I think they're figuring out ways to use them, but that's really addressed to the new Cowboys uh, fan phenomenon that, that thinks Ezekiel Elliott is. The only other thing, one more thing on this, Andy, that also frustrates me, it's not only that Zeke is bad this year, it's that everything he's ever done before this is all credit to the offensive line. And any guy could have been oh, doing yeah. what Zeke did in 2016. Any guy could have done what Zeke did and. 2018 like when he led the, the 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 team in rushing like he was just a guy like we can't even give him credit for pass now and say maybe his body's declined a little maybe he's a little hurt maybe the team's just not as good he's not as good whatever it's got to be no he was never good <laughs> yeah which is bizarre and and i'll say this i can wrap my head around the zeke frustration what i cannot abide by is what i'm going to talk about now Randy Gregory? Oh, no. No. 
don't get me wrong. I am as happy as any Cowboys fan about the fact that Andy Dalton has become the the quarterback that we thought we were getting when we signed him backup. as our backup. Solid backup. And he had a great game against the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. However, I'm going to read to you a post, and I sent this to you already, so you've read this, but for our listeners, this is a post I saw on Reddit. This is in regards to Dak Prescott. He'll only return to clean his locker out. There is no need to sign him. We can all agree that Dalton is not worth 40 mil a year, yet he's doing just as much as Dak in the win-lose column as Dak. So he is not worth it. That is an insane position, and it's not an uncommon one. I've seen tons of people be like, yeah, we can totally – we're getting exactly we're, we're, what we got out of Dak. Out we're of very close Dalton. to reaching a – well, not very close, but there's there's this – very weird potential for this to take on a Foles Wentz thing, except I think Dak's far better than Wentz, where the fan base starts weirdly getting split and siding with Dalton and being like, hey man, why do we need to pay? Because God forbid that this fan base whose money they aren't spending spend money on anybody on this team, but the people are like, we could give Dak 40 million, sure, but we could also give Dalton like 15, man, and he's proven he can. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just compare briefly the seasons of Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton in 10 games Andy Dalton has 1900 yards 198 yards per game 14 touchdowns seven picks and he's been sacked 18 times for a rating of 90.7 which is good in five games half the games Dak Prescott has 1856 yards five percent better completion percentage Nine touchdowns, four picks. He was sacked ten times, so more than more than half as much uh, in his five games played, uh, and a better TD inter- interception ratio. Despite the fact that he was having to just chuck it all fucking game to these receivers because we were getting murdered. Andy Dalton has been great as a backup quarterback, and that's what you want. But mm-hmm. the idea that if we had Dak right now, we wouldn't be putting up absolute video game numbers by comparison is flawed. I think it's people are it's I think that's a very minority dumb argument of fans. Like I don't I don't But I see it a lot. I see people being like because it's it's the same people that were already against Dak and now they have a figurehead. They're like, look, yeah, Dalton can win. And even like what he, what the guy said, he's getting the same results in the win loss column. Well, that's just a, a lack of understanding where wins and <laughs> losses come from, and the fact that yes, our defense even, was awful to begin the year. Agreed, but even even by that stretch, even if you just take it wins and losses, Dak is a much more winning quarterback. Oh than yeah, Andy he's won a bunch more games. Yeah, and. In the in the four games that Dak played, in the five games that Dak played this year, I mean, it, I, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll count the uh, we'll count that game he played most of. Um, you know, Dak went two and three, and Dalton in his first five games went one and four. So I mean, he's not. It's just I don't know, man. I it's very frustrating for me to like see. I feel like we have some of the worst fans. In the NFL, maybe every fan base has these. 
I just like I am sometimes embarrassed by being a Cowboys fan because we have so many people that are like Tony Romo sucks, Dak sucks, fuck Des. I'm glad he's gone. Like every time Des Bryant makes a post on social media, I see some guy with a Dallas Cowboys profile picture being like, "Yeah, I'm glad we cut you, dude. You're a fucking loser, bro." Like all this shit. I'm just like, I hate you. <laughs> like, hey, shout out. Uh, speaking of Des, these the season, baby. He threw up the X Dude. last week again. I was very happy for him. Back-to-back weeks for the TD. I'm stoked for the man. I hope it keeps rolling. It would make me, outside of the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl, which is obviously always priority number one, um, and Mahomes winning a Super Bowl, which is always uh, a appetizing option, um, Des Bryant catching a touchdown and getting a ring in the Super Bowl <sighs> is one of my greatest dreams. I mean, watching Ware do it was so great. That was so amazing. And Dez would be even a level up from that. So I hope it happens. But if those can't happen, Andy, it's time to talk about can Dallas make the Super Bowl? I do not think that's possible. Um, I think they can well, make the playoffs. Let's, let's start with the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll give you faithful a little, a, little st- a little something. We'll start with the playoffs, right? Um, as of three weeks ago, what we needed to happen was to win out and Washington to lose out. And basically the Giants had to lose two of three or one of two, I guess, because we were going to play them. And what has happened is Washington has lost two. They cut Dwayne Haskins, which is hilarious. That's crazy, dude. That's Alex crazy. Alex that- Smith still may not be able to play, which is our best chance. The Eagles were eliminated by losing to us. But they're in a weird place where they kind of so Washington and Philly play this week. Mm-hmm. Philly's eliminated, but it's one of those I think they're gonna be playing because Hurt still wants to prove, hey, I'm the guy for next year. Cause they're still yeah. in a real like what the fuck do we do at quarterback situation? And he's looked really good at times. Uh so I think they'll be playing pretty damn hard. Plus, there's all these people like, man, they would love to stick it to Dallas and lose that. I was like, I don't know. I think. They'd also like to stick yeah. it to Washington. Like, if, <laughs> they can, if they can literally was, keep Washington out of the playoffs, which is always under a different situation. Like, if it was like there was really nothing on the line and they were their quarterback situation wasn't what it is, I could see them being like not not intentionally doing that, but just like not caring, caring. that much as to what happens. But given the the Jalen Hurts situation, and given that it's against an NFC East rival that. While they don't hate them as much as they hate us, they still hate them. Yeah, and they got people. They got people. What am I trying to auditioning for jobs, man? Like Doug Peterson yeah. could be out. Howie Roseman could yeah. be out. Jalen Hurts and or Wentz could be out. Well, Hurts isn't going to be out. They'll, they'll probably do something with Wentz this offseason. But you know, so I think that's what you have to have happen. That's a Sunday night game, so we won't know anything until Sunday night. But before that, I think at noon, right? Do we play at noon. Yeah, Sunday? it is at a noon. noon we play the New York Giants, who are also still in the playoff hunt. In fact, all the Giants need to have happen is what we need. They need to beat us and then have Washington lose. We need to beat New York and have Washington lose. So it's an interesting game because we are we're playing against the Giants in New York. We're going to Meadowlands. We're a two point favorite, mm-hmm. but the matchup predictor sixty percent Giants fans. Giants prediction as far as winning that. That said, offense pretty terrible. Uh, Danny Dimes, nine TDs, nine picks. The Giants, Giants, 16 starts. 
I was going to say the Giants are interesting because of three weeks ago, they had beaten Seattle in Seattle. And at that point, they had won like five straight, which is their yeah. five. Or six. So all of a sudden, they went from 0 and 5 to 5 and 7. And everyone's like, man, maybe the Giants are the best team. Then they lost to Arizona badly. Then they lost to the Browns badly. And then they lost to Baltimore badly. And I mean badly. They Their defense is fine, but they haven't been able to score above 13 they points. Put, they put up 26 points in the last three weeks combined. They have not scored above 20 points, Andy, in over six games. So their offense, Jason Garrett, Seven, offensive coordinator. They, they have not scored 20. They The last time they scored 23 points was eight games ago. Yeah. And – Outside, that's the only time that they have they have scored more than that one time this year. It was against us. They scored win- thirty seven points or thirty four points against us in a loss, but they still scored thirty four points. That's when our defense was at its peak, awful. Yeah, they can't yeah. put up points. Uh, this Jason Garrett offense, they're really bad. I mean, I love. I know people love teasing him, and oh, fuck, I trust me, I'm glad Jason's gone. I love teasing him, but that offense in general is really bad. I mean, they don't have a number one or two wide receiver. They don't have a good running back. They don't have a good they quarterback. They have a pro tight end, bro. God, yes. He, I saw the world was kind of mad about Evan Ingram getting in. Dude, people. 630 yards and a touchdown. Quick, quick PSA. In a modern NFL game is not PSA. crazy good. <laughs> quick PSA, and I'm not just saying that because this was the first time Dallas had zero Pro Bowlers, which I think is fair. No one yeah. on our team deserves to make the Pro Bowl. Um, Outside of Randy Gregory, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, and Schultz, no. And Daryl um, Worley. Um, yeah, I think he's in the free agent pool somewhere these days. <laughs> but uh, people need to realize Pro Bowls don't fucking matter at all. Like, it's a yeah. gimmick. Go, go back to the year we had 13 Pro Bowlers. It got Jason Witt was a Pro Bowler off. last year. And go look at his numbers. He yeah. had like 300 yards, I swear. So, you know, and Pro Bowl is dumb because half the people don't play in the game because they're either in the playoffs or they're going to the Super Bowl and it's the week before the Super Bowl so they don't play so you have all these replacements come in and so yeah you wind up getting like seven pers- people at a position to make the Pro Bowl and it's, anyway just quick PSA that Pro Bowls don't matter but um, aside from that Andy yes we did have, have nobody go and um, yeah I don't really think we we deserved it I agree. Um, the Giants are also they're they're pretty bad from a uh, statistical standpoint. Um, like I said, Daniel Jones completes about sixty two percent of his passes. He has twenty seven hundred passing yards in thirteen starts, uh, nine touchdowns, nine picks for the year. Uh, I've seen you know there are there are bad quarterbacks that have that stat line through like four games. Um, he has been sacked. 43 times, which is significant. Uh, yeah, not great. Um, he has the same passer rating as Colt McCoy, who is the backup. So not great there. Wayne Gallman is their, their uh, running back. Um, but Danny Jones actually much better on the ground than uh, <laughs> in the air. Uh, he does have 400 yards on the ground, which is pretty decent for, for a running back or for a quarterback. Yeah, he busted that like 70 yarder against Philly. Yeah, they, they and they're like you highlighted, their wide receiver pool is really just like a whole bunch of number twos, like Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. These are all guys that are like solid other, 
but they don't have a guy that can go. So everyone just kind of has 600 yards. Um, so yeah, from an offensive standpoint, they're not super intimidating. Defensive wise, uh, they do have some guys. Um, you know, Leonard Williams quietly had a, a very good season this year. Uh, eight and a half sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss. Um, I think probably no one cared because they're just so shitty, but he's a very good player, uh, especially as a run stuffing D end. Um, it could make life pretty difficult on uh, Zeke and company. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Um, they do have Jabril Peppers, uh, who I love making fun of. And hopefully I get to do that yeah. a little bit. Um, their only real stud is James Bradbury, too. Um, yeah. He's been a, he's been a shutdown corner, which, um, you know, is somewhat intimidating. But I think we have three pretty damn good receivers so we should be able to plus boy genius kellen moore out there so you know we should be able to to find a weakness we got some guys dude i mean i remember years where we didn't have a corner have a pick and now we've got a corner with two picks a corner with three picks that's pretty cool yeah yeah um there was talk that Zach Martin might come back for this game and be activated i don't think that's going to be the case um, I don't know. These are two bad teams still. Like I don't. I, know. I would almost I say Zach it out, man. Like if we make the playoffs, then we can really start worrying about like should this guy be back. But like I don't want to force Zach to come back. They looked fine last week from a blocking standpoint. They've Kellen to his credit has adjusted the offense to get the ball Super out very quick quickly. Throws. Super quick. Yeah. Throws. Um, which has worked thus far, and we have the receiver core to like make most things work. Um. That's who I'll give credit to, man. Like, and obviously we should expect greatness from a receiver core with these kind of resources. But um, Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Dalton Schultz have been absolutely amazing this year, especially given the quarterback situation. I mean, Amari's already over a thousand. Uh, Ceedee Lamb probably won't make the thousand yard mark unless he has a hundred yard game, which in, in which case he will. And then Gallup has seven ninety four for the year right now. Um, I think, dude, I, I really do think if Dak played this full year, I think you could see three 1,000 yard receivers from these guys. And yeah. it really, it's a good preview of what's to come. It really is pick your poison. All three of them have five touchdowns. Um, they're very difficult to cover. And all of them have been, have shown the ability to burn you. I mean, Amari is obviously, he's an elite NFL wide receiver. Um, CD can do it kind of all different ways. I mean, he's working from the slot. He's running these cool trick plays to the outside to get open. He ran that cool sweep touchdown and Michael Gallup, dude, doing his, his baby Des act. I am a big fan. I mean, he's so good after the catch. It's so fun to watch. And then he can go up and get a jump ball with the best of them. Um, which the last couple of weeks he had been, he'd had some drops that I think I'd commented on myself. I was like, this is so uncharacteristic of him. And then, this last game, he was so zeroed in. That touchdown grab was vintage Dez. Yeah, Gallup had a big game. I, I think all three of those guys are, are capable. Um, I think, you know, the running back situation has been, we've highlighted it for a long time. I think either Pollard's capable of hitting a home run or Zeke's capable of having a good game. I mean, it's really strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness. They have a terrible defense. We have a or they have a terrible offense. We have a terrible defense. They have a uh, 
good defense, we have a good offense. So we'll see, man. I mean, I, I think it's a toss-up game. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say, man, the Dallas Cowboys are making the playoff scope. They're winning this one. That's your prediction, huh? The I, Eagles are coming through. It's, it's tough for seven me. seven and nine, baby. I, I think I, – I obviously think the Cowboys will beat the Giants because the Giants are bad. And even when the Gi- even when the Cowboys were at their worst, they beat the Giants. Um, the game that's going to be tough is the the Eagles Washington game. The Eagles are really bad. I mean, I, I don't want to take Dude, everyone's very bad in this division. I, I know, I know. Everyone's um, very, very bad in this. If division. if Haskins was starting for Washington, I would be more on the side oh, of. Dude, I'm so mad they cut him because he's been. So... Can we talk about that? That is crazy. I, I was doing some research on has there ever been a first-round pick quarterback cut quicker, and I couldn't find like, one. No, Manziel even lasted longer. Manziel lasted two full years. Jamarcus Russell got three. Ryan Leaf got three. Yeah, he Haskins didn't get two. I think a lot of that is, and from all the reports we saw and the strip club incident and um, – I think he just wasn't a either a very good locker room guy or just wasn't he just wasn't a professional from everything I heard. Like I, it's one I thing you can suck a, if you're a professional, but if you're you suck and you're still like acting I like saw a clip twenty two year old. Yeah. I saw a clip from when he was a rookie and he was at his first training camp. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. Uh I wanna say it was John Bostick. Um, the linebacker for Washington, and he's kind of their, you know, like he's their Sean Lee, right? Like old, established guy, team leader. And in practice at training camp, he went up to Haskins and he was just like, "Hey, man, like you look great. I just wanted you to be aware that like you're staring down these receivers, and in a real game, you're going to get picked off doing that." And Haskins kind of blew that off and was like, "I'm not staring down my receivers," and they got caught on camera. Um, and obviously taking one little incident like that and ascribing that to the guy's entire character is, is kind of unfair, but knowing what we know now, that seems to kind of echo what you hear about this guy across the board that like, not great to coach. Um, and weirdly, like there was a, uh, it's obviously hindsight becomes 2020 in these situations, but like, this is a guy that started one year at Ohio state and blew out a bunch of records, but like with really incredible players. I mean, didn't he, I think he had Terry McLaurin as his, his, yeah. I mean, did he look plenty of people have looked great in college. I mean, he, he beat out Joe Burrow in college. Like he, he had, he had something. Plus, you know, I think this is before Urban left, or maybe Urban had left. But, you know, they they always find a way to have a system. I mean, fuck, they're about to have another top five QB drafted this year in fields. Or, well, he might slip, honestly, because of Haskins, sadly. But either yeah, way, a top, a top 10 QB. So, you know, it's a factory. And, you know, quarterback remains the hardest position to hit i mean daniel jones was taken in front of him and he looks like a bust already you know darnold looks pretty bad josh allen who we all thought me and you made jokes about being the, the worst qb in that draft and josh allen by far is better than oh, any other yeah. qb that really went good quarterback. really well and all i mean 
and obviously things can change, but you know, I was, I, uh, I shit pretty hard on the kid out of Oregon, the guy on the chargers, um, Herbert. And he's looked like a stud. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So quarterback yeah. is really hard to, that's why Dak went in the fourth round. Nobody really thought much of Dak. I mean, you know, he's the only quarterback since being drafted. That's become a starter. That's been taken later than the second round. So, yeah. you know, it's, you can say that we're, the, the NFL is really bad at evaluating quarterbacks, and that's probably true. But it's also they're still pretty good at who actually gets right, seeing as how pretty much every starter in the league is a first rounder, and it's very few that you get the the Romos oh, uh, who drafted or the Dax. But what about homeboy, the mustache guy, uh, Minshew? Garden but he's, yeah, he was late, but he's also not starting anymore he got replaced by mike glennon so oh i thought he just got hurt um no they've been jacksonville's been playing a lot of quarterback games out there he got he was renamed the starter and he might have re-lost his job because he got hurt i don't know i don't pay enough attention but they've had about i don't watch jacksonville football either who they're probably about to get Trevor Lawrence now that the Jets fucked up and won two games i really only watched uh, jacksonville football during the laurent robinson era as i call it I liked that one year where they were good with Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> and they yeah, they had a sick it. defense that year. They had a really sick defense. And then I don't know what happened. It kind of they kept the exact same roster and it they just got murdered by a um, bunch of people. Portals including the Cowboys. Played, the Cowboys went out there and balled on them. Portals played much worse the second time. Yeah, I mean for sure, but I, I what what year was that? Was that like twenty eighteen? Uh, their big year that they made the run would have been 2015. I'm trying to remember the yeah. So Jalen 20, Ramsey's 20, second year, yeah. 2017, they had this great defense, and then 2018, they played the Cowboys when we beat them 2017. 2017. We beat them. We beat them 40 to seven, and I was like, "Damn, I thought this defense was much better than this." Right. Well, that just goes to show. I mean, another point me and you always make is that windows close and open all the time in the nfl and very quickly so i always feel that's why that's why i'm saying even when you were on team tank and i was there for a minute until we beat the Bengals. at this point especially like dude you get so little chances in the nfl and the nfl is such a weird league the giants won two super bowls at nine and seven i know that's a far cry from seven and nine if dallas gets in i'm just saying man it's a weird league but yeah we'll see we'll see Go. well in 20 look i mean 2018 is a great example of like such a roller coaster like we lose week one to the panthers 16 to 8 do you remember that game just yeah. depressing game beat the giants one and one lose to seattle you're like, fuck. Then we go beat the Lions by two points. I was really unsold on Dak at this point because he was coming off a yeah. shitty second half of 2017. And then 2018, yep. we cut Dez, and our number one receiver was rookie Gallup. And, and, uh, Cole Alan Beeson, Hearns. Dude? yeah, Alan Hearns. I remember so many people being like, <laughs> he's as good as Dez. <laughs> then we lost 16 to 19 to, to Houston in overtime. I remember that game. That was so shitty. Then we go ball on Jacksonville. Then we lost to Washington 17 to 20. So we go into the bye three and four. Then we got killed by the Titans. Then suddenly yeah. we rattled off five wins in a row. Yeah. Then and we, we lost 
23 to 0 to the Colts. I remember that game so specifically. That was so depressing. Then we beat Tampa Bay and we beat New York to end the year. We go to the playoffs and we beat Seattle, which was incredible, and then lost to the Rams. But oh, dude, that was a that was a real roller coaster. That's what I mean. And that's when he thought we had a window, you know. I thought at that point you got Dak under rookie contract for a little while. You got Zeke, Zeke. you haven't paid Amari. And that was when Zeke held out. And that's why me and you were like, hey man, fucking pay him because you have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with him than without. And it was Jason yep. like put up a shut up year. And we started three and oh. We looked really good. Then we had kind of a questionable loss against New Orleans. Okay, whatever. Then Okay, we also lose to the Packers. Okay, they're pretty good, whatever. And then we lost the Jets. I was like, ah, fuck this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, the, oh, the Jets loss. I remember because it was ACL weekend here in Austin. And we watched like the first quarter and then went to the festival. And like when you're at a music festival, obviously like your phone barely works. And so I kept like kind of going back to the beer tent or like getting my, waiting for my phone to load. And I was just like, we're going to lose to the fucking jets and me and cassie are like watching a concert and she's like are you okay i was like yeah i'm fine it's i fucking hate this team i don't know why i root for this team at all <laughs> like so at this point though if you win and the giants stink i know they stink and you'll beat four teams but you have a four game win streak you'll go in everyone will be laughing about how bad the east is you're gonna host either the i don't even know you i guess we would be the four so we would host the top playoff team of five so you're probably posting like tampa or uh who else is up there i'm trying to even think like the bears i'm trying to think who the five would be but you're gonna host a team that you're gonna be a heavy underdog in and if you actually look at eight and eight teams and seven and nine teams in the playoffs they actually have a winning record because you're kind of playing but, with house money, and then they lose. Well, they, the 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 wild card weekend they have a winning record. Then they always get trashed in division. Well, so the, I, dude, this is the uh, this is the quote that every fucking Cowboys fan on Reddit has said. Like, no one wants to see us first round, dude. No one wants to see us, dude. We're peaking at the right time. Peaking at so the we'll right see. time. You know, we'll I know everyone thinks they'll get killed in the playoffs. We likely will, but we also maybe won't. That's all I'll say. I think we could win. I, I'm not saying we couldn't win a game, um, but well, I don't think this team is built to go the. I don't think this team is built to catch fire and beat everybody. Um, mostly because the way that they're winning games recently is is I think totally unsustainable. Like you're not going to get four turnovers a game, like from here to to February. Yeah, that's and they just impossible. don't have anything that's great like any team that makes a run has to have like even teams that catch fire like tennessee caught fire last year tennessee they released healthy like yeah this team doesn't yeah. do anything great you know they're they're kind of smoking mirrors we've gotten a lot of turnovers the defense is still but, as bad as it's always been and you're off but i think what you could get out of this year is you look at like when mccarthy was in green bay he took over green bay and they looked like shit and then they won the last four games of his first year. And then the next year, they, they came out really strong. So, okay. and on a high thing. note, get Dak back, get the line back healthy. Let's roll, baby. Another thing on that, and while I wasn't for Team Tank, especially once we beat the Bengals, was there is such thing, I, I believe, as instilling a, a losing culture and being sure. like, 
Which like we have making, had. making losing acceptable for people whose entire profession is to compete and compete at a high level and making losing an okay result is very dangerous. And look at the Dolphins last year. They're a perfect example. They traded away everyone. The Dolphins started the year 0-7. They were, at one point, the worst team in football uh, historically. Like, they had been awful. And they won, like, five of their last eight. They won, like, they wound up being 5-11. and 11. And I think they won their last four. And a bunch of their fans were pissed because they wanted to tank for Tua, which, funny enough, they actually got. But they wanted to be the number one pick, all this. They wound up picking later they still got their guy and look they're they're a playoff team a year later i'm saying yeah. sometimes winning these games which even if we think don't mean anything and even that like mccarthy winning the last four and getting just a little bit more leash from fans or a little bit more of the team to buy into the message and ending the year on well man like hey even if we didn't make the playoffs with this like we, we kind of figured it out at the end we figured out we know how to win we can win when we get our guys back so i think Agreed. That message is much better than losing the way they were losing in the middle of the season. Like if they Agreed. went down it that way, I don't. I think that's much harder to rebuild. Even if you're getting a a Pinay Suel or whoever the fuck you want in the top five, then sure. picking in the middle of the draft because he you, you got hot at the end of the year. So yeah, and, and I think we know why the Dolphins got really good is because they got Byron Jones. So if we can find our Byron Jones, we'll be good. We'll be good. <laughs> or. or what Xavier Howard was he had like eight interceptions this year, but but that's be- because he's under the tutelage of Byron Jones. Yeah, exactly. He's just the number Absolutely. one PFF corner, but no big deal. So I think that about wraps it. Um, we do have the game at noon on Sunday. We'll be back next week to cover uh, either the season as a whole, or maybe we'll be previewing a playoff matchup against someone somewhere. That'll be fun. So. Um, I think the good thing is it's in a healthy place right now where I, I don't really care. Like it won't, it won't like break my heart if they don't make the playoffs. And if they do, it's kind of bonus. It's like, Hey, that's fun. We get extra games. So um, yeah, man, let's see what happens. I'm stoked. Yeah, man. I, uh, I think they get in. I think they get in. I think we get one more week of this. Um, as I said, all we need is to win and Washington to lose. So, you know Fingers they could be starting. Off, they could be starting Taylor Hineke. So do do one favor for the world, Philly. Do one favor for the world to make up for all your sins. I'll give you guys some props if you do. So, oh, so as said, guys, uh, we'll be back uh, next week to cover the results of this upcoming matchup. Uh, that will be our first show of 2021. This is the last show of 2020. A year of. Uh, Tremendous happenstance. Um, so I hope everyone listening to this had a great holiday season, has a tremendous new year. Uh, I hope everyone is happy, safe, and uh, can welcome in the new year where we can kind of all turn the page on what has been a, a pretty chaotic uh, 2020. Uh, ben, anything to, to add before we get out of here? No, I think you said it well, brother. Just, uh, you know, happy we're, we're doing this again. I know it's been a couple weeks, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we we always have stuff pop up. So we, we give you the pods when we can, and, and we're happy to uh, to have anybody who's listening, um, you know, spend their time with us. So Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed yourself while listening, feel free to leave a, a like or a rating on iTunes. Helps us climb the charts a little bit. 
Uh, as always, guys, thanks so much. Uh, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace. Super.